0: In this episode of the Unfolded Soul Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, we're in a meeting where I'm looking around frantically for a button to press to make this man's ass fall through the floor right here and right now. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal, uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. Hey, this is one of those rare instances where I need to give you a little bit of backstory. This is going to be a really quick journal read, so the backstory is going to give you some context. My school had a lot of incestuous relationships. Of course, I don't mean incest as in the deplorable crime. I'm talking about just a lot of uh, relationships that got in the way of the work. And my... AP at the time was best friends with these two coaches that I'm sitting down with. Best friends in the most unhealthy ways. And I don't, again, I don't mean scandal or any inappropriate behaviors, just that the friendship got in the way of sound decision-making. All right, let's get to it. It's 9.30 a.m. and I sat down to talk with both my instructional coaches. I broke the news that I was considering hiring a math coach. I informed him that I could not fund both a literacy coach and a math coach. I had Greg sit in on the meeting to hear it firsthand. Greg's our AP. I could see that he was completely floored by the decision. He even offered one of them. Another position in the school, just on the spot. I wanted to press a button that activated a trap door under his chair. He was obviously in complete shock because it looks as if someone ran over his puppy. baby let's get to it man oh man i'm glad i gave you a little bit of context i'm telling you i tell stories and listen there are a million schools in the nation i've worked at hundreds of schools i've heard insane stories and i still know that some of the things i experienced here are just one of a kind i i know it and i believe i know why i'm gonna get to that in the second part of this reflection the first part is I can't explain how much of an incestuous shit show this place was. I'm talking about... I, <laughs> Like, roles meant nothing. You know, you learned last season that five people were running the school, and neither one of them were school administrators. These two coaches were among them. And roles meant nothing. Like, were, the, the, the pecking order was all de facto, not de jure. You know, it was just based on... It was Lord of the Flies. And this was just an example now, if you listened from last season, you know that my AP was a sieve. I couldn't tell him anything. And these were two of his five best friends <laughs> best friends on staff. God help me. Lord, I hope he never hears this. Um, two of his five best friends on staff. So I couldn't tell him. I mean, you talk about being on your own, man. Like, being on an island, you know, I, I tried to be a great AP. I wasn't perfect. I made a lot of mistakes. I learned a lot. But damn, I was alone. Like, straight up alone. Um, He wasn't even good with discipline. So I couldn't even just say, hey, just do the damn discipline and I'll do the rest of this shit. He wasn't even good at that. So anyway, the flip side of that coin is he's a great person. <laughs> That's He's a great person. He really is. He really was. I don't know. Anyway, so this meeting, fair or not, blindsided him. Now, I could probably go back and do a whole thing on how I may have, you know, bridged that gap or or healed this issue we have where I couldn't even tell this man anything. So that when we sat down, he didn't know what the hell we were sitting down for. I just called him into the office and then I laid it on him. And truth be told, last episode I told you, or a couple of episodes ago, about how I wasn't an attention to detail guy back then. But this school taught me to be, It, it really did. Because unlike TV shows and movies, I had people to move out of there. But not everyone was underperforming in ways that I could move them out. If you understand what I'm saying. Like, these two coaches were both strong in pedagogy. They knew their stuff. Um, but circumstances, in my opinion, circumstances that existed before I got there moved them to do things out of survival mode and it put them in a very toxic position. You know? That's another thing I talked about in season one is that I don't... Five people came in and said, "We're gonna run this damn place." You know, the hell with school administrators. I think the there's there was such a a void in leadership and a vacuum that needed to be filled that, like Lord of the Flies, man, they 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 had to scramble to fill it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage. All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And they did. And the building was still standing when I got there. So a part of me empathizes with them and I give them credit for it. But it created a situation where they were doing jobs they weren't qualified to do. Uh, and I don't mean qualified in terms of title, I mean qualified in terms of know-how, a competency, skill. And it created a very toxic situation. I mean, the scheduling, everything. Our master schedule was basically, the, you know, the, the favorites in the school got, to, got the first pickings of the school schedule and then the rest of it was left for everyone else, including fine arts specialists and collaborative teams. You know, we had this awesome schedule built for, you know, the friends of the people who were running the place and everything else was a shit show. So my point in saying all this is I needed them to go. I needed them to go. They were a funded position. I believe it was like title one funds. And so I leveraged that because I knew they wanted to work as a team and travel as a pair and I couldn't justify telling them hey I can't fund both of you but I was hoping that if I said I can't fund one of you that they would both leave they're both close to retirement age as well so when he almost <laughs> the best thing I can compare it to was if you've seen the movie Django Unchained I love Quentin Tarantino and I love Samuel L. Jackson Morehouse brother he, he played the the house slave to Leonardo DiCaprio was a slave master, the plantation owner. And at some point DiCaprio gets shot. And before he hit the ground, that head slave who'd been enslaved by this man, his daddy was his slave as well. This man squealed as if his father was shot. And that's, that's how Glenn reacted that day. When I said that I'm not going to fund this position, his instinct he didn't hold his thoughts till later. Right then, he offered them a damn position. He offered them another position. Like, right there. That's how dysfunctional this place is. That with your principal sitting there, and it wasn't it wasn't like he was being disrespectful. It was just remnants of the past culture. Like, any way we can do this. Right? Remember in the first season, I told you, like, the nurse's office, the nurse's, the health suite was, in fact, a suite. It was a phenomenal suite, and... He was going to hand that to his best friend and what well, he did and put the school nurse in a closet. So th- this is remnants of that. It was incredible. It was incredible. And if I could have pressed the button and have his ass fall through that floor and like hit a mattress below, I would have done it because I couldn't, believe I was like, I had to meet with him afterwards and tell him that was really inappropriate and I'm not giving her that position. So you just caused more angst just now because... That's not happening. You know, they got to go. Now, I didn't get to the they got to go part, but I kind of slow played it with the funding. And in future episodes, you're going to hear some other ways that I slow played it. There were some obvious ones I could get to, but this is not the movies, man. This is not the movies where you just, uh, you know, check a couple of boxes on a form and folks are, you know, you bid them a You know, you, you had to do some maneuvering. Ken Williams, Unfold the Soul, So glad that you listened to this podcast. I hope you get a lot from it. It's not the only way to connect with me, though. Listen, if you are tired of equity in theory and equity and talk and guessing at what it looks like in practice, then get at me. If you're interested in establishing a real professional learning community, a real culture of learning for all, if you're looking to get your leadership game on point, then get in touch with me. This is what I do. Go to unfoldthesoul.com slash Contact that's dot soul.com/slash contact. Lastly, listen: I've got a new book, Ruthless Equity Disrupting the Status Quo and Ensuring Learning for All Kids. It is a monster, M-U-N-S-T-A, monster, baby. I've read three forwards in my life. Three, a, 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 a billion books, three forwards. Anthony. Let me stop there. Dr. Anthony Muhammad's has written a forward that still has me speechless. And once you read that forward, you know that this book's going to grab you and hit you where you live. It's going to be all up in your kitchen in no time, baby. That's Ruthless Equity. Find it at ruthlessequity.com. That's ruthlessequity.com. Let's get back to the podcast. The last thing I'll say about this segment is something I came up with literally while recording this episode and I'm, something i hadn't thought about before in an organized fashion but it's a pattern i've noticed since uh leaving my school and moving to the consultancy and that is something i called well, well here's the question how does how does a culture as dysfunctional as mine was and as dysfunctional as i see every once in a while when i when i travel across districts how does that exist and there's especially prevalent in my, you know, in what I've observed in districts with, I would say 10 or more schools, you know, and then definitely larger districts. How do schools like that exist with that kind of dysfunction, with lack of achievement, with, I mean, how does it exist? I mean, because not only did we have seriously stagnant, low, deplorable achievement but the school was dysfunction Junction and and there was no secret about it and the conclusion I came to recording this episode was I came up with this term sanctioned dysfunction sanctioned dysfunction doesn't roll off the tongue but here, here's what I found I work with I work with I can work with schools all over in these same circumstances and that is like there's always there's a school that's like a dumping ground one that the district almost expects to fail, expect to be dysfunctional. Um, I'm, I'm having a hard time explaining it in the moment, but it's almost like larger districts. Sometimes it's the entire district when it's really small districts, but larger districts, this there has to be a school or two that is a dumpster fire. And in my opinion, it's almost sanctioned. You know, I had a new superintendent. The superintendent in, that, in the district I was in, you know, when I was reading this journal, was new and she had new eyes. So she was interested in me getting things turned around. But I know the culture that existed prior to my arrival, this was just that school this was that school and it was expected. It was okay. I mean, there were no three alarm fires. There were no, no neon lights, no urgency. It was almost expected, almost like a uh, ability grouping. There's, there's gotta be a low group. There's gotta be a low school. And I don't mean that when you look at data, there's going to be a school in last place. We were in last place with no competition. Like there was no next worst school close to us. The next worst school looked at us like they were the highest performing school. Like, damn, at least we ain't y'all. And I've worked in other districts. I worked with a school in South Carolina where I just, I saw this, what I call sanctioned dysfunction. They expected that school to have shit achievement. They expected it to be toxic. And it was almost looked upon, we were looked upon as almost like a cautionary tale. And so I'm, I'm, i'm cautioning you man like every school counts i don't care where it's located you know my work you know i don't give a damn where it's located anyway because it's not about your kids or your neighborhood it's about the folks inside the building got me all worked up doing this podcast On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, it's that time of year, baby. Let the blood flow. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.